and then based off that, identifying which lender will be able to fit their unique situation most competitively. I think like another value we bring is that a lot of these cannabis-related businesses haven't necessarily obtained debt financing for their business before, since debt financing is so new to the cannabis space. So if they go directly to a lender, they might receive an offer, but they have no way to contextualize whether that's a good offer, whether the rate that you received is actually a decent proposition for them. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are joined by Chris Connor, the CEO of the Spin Capital Group. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm really great, and I appreciate you dropping by today to talk about financing cannabis businesses, which is always challenging. And I mean... Mm-hmm. Securing funding is challenging for all businesses, but Chris, why is it so much more difficult for cannabis companies? Yeah, I would say there's a few different reasons why cannabis in particular is a very tough industry to fund. One of the primary reasons was that initially in the cannabis industry, most of the financing came in the form of equity financing. Cannabis was like a fairly new industry and the underwriting models for being able to evaluate a business and their ability to repay back a loan weren't yet established. Mm-hmm. Also, being a new industry, a lot of the cash flows for these businesses weren't developed. A lot of companies had zero to negative cash flows and weren't able to support mm-hmm. loan repayments. But I think what we've seen since about 2018, 2019 is a lot more debt financing options have opened up for these cannabis related businesses. We're starting to see like a, not, a lot of new lenders sprout up and be able to offer financing options for these businesses and increasing the availability of capital for them. Mm hmm. You mentioned that a lot of them started off as as um, just selling equity to raise money. And I think so often founders don't appreciate how valuable their equity is until it's too late. Um, maybe some you can talk about some of the benefits of debt versus equity. Yeah, absolutely. So I think really what a lot of cannabis-related businesses need to understand is that equity financing is probably the most expensive financing they're ever going to obtain. Once you give away equity you really can't get that back. Whereas with debt financing, once you pay back a loan, you're all clear of your ob- obligations. And equity financing definitely has a time and place, particularly for startups that don't have the cash flows to support loan repayments. Mm-hmm. But if a company already has cash flows and they have revenue coming in, I think most of the time it probably makes more sense to go for debt financing as opposed to equity. Yeah, especially if the interest rate is in line. Of course, if it's like, crazy interest rate that probably isn't but for in almost every case it seems like if like you said once you give that equity it's gone it's no getting it back that's for sure yeah exactly and i think the good news is that what we're starting to see in the industry is a lot more lenders are starting to come up and as a result there's a lot of pressure on interest rates downwards even though the fed recently increased rates i think long term cannabis is definitely trending towards lower interest rates and becoming much more similar to non-high risk industries in terms of cost of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah. With typical yeah, with typical bank loans, the borrowers usually required to pledge hard assets like their home or their car. What many businesses don't realize is that other non-traditional assets have value. For instance, a cannabis license has value. What are some other non-traditional assets that that you look at as forms of collateral. 
Yeah, that's a great question. The license is definitely one of the most prominent ones, particularly in the states that cap the number of licenses. Just by there being a limited number of licenses, each license becomes inherently more valuable as a piece of collateral. We also see things like, for example, future receivables being used as collateral. Also, invoices can be used as collateral. So there's definitely a lot of intangible assets that a lot of these cannabis-related businesses might not necessarily be aware of when they're approaching the lending companies interested in obtaining financing. Yeah, especially like you said that if you have receivables, like if you're in a company that you send out all your products and maybe you're distributing them all out to this to the dispensaries and you're on a 30-day or 60-day re- payment plan, you're sitting there with no cash waiting mm-hmm. for these to be paid and that's where you can kind of bridge that void. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially with cannabis in particular, with a lot of these companies suffering from cash flow issues, being able to like factor their invoices and receivables is very important. They need money now and being able to have access to that capital quickly is of great value to them. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Let's talk about spin capital. You're, you provide funding for cannabis companies. Can you explain how you do it and kind of walk us through your process? Yeah, definitely. So essentially what we do is we provide debt financing to cannabis-related businesses using a network of capital partners. The reality of the industry right now is that each lender has a specific niche. For example, some lenders only lend in particular states. They might have minimum and maximum funding amounts, different term lengths. They might have different business preferences. For example, Mm -hmm. some lenders prefer to lend to cultivators. Others give their best rates to dispensaries. There's also different underwriting guidelines. And the value that we bring to the table is that through our network of capital partners, we know that which lender is going to be able to provide the most competitive financing for a cannabis-related business in their unique situation. That would be one of the values. And the second value is that a lot of these businesses don't necessarily have experience acquiring capital for themselves. For example, if you own like a farm, your main focus is on cultivation of cannabis. You don't necessarily know how to navigate the debt financing landscape. And really what we're doing is we're helping guide these businesses, advocating for them and helping them secure capital at the most competitive rates Mm -hmm. and giving them guidance through the entire process from start to finish. Yeah, I I can imagine that it's probably pretty complicated, especially for somebody that's never done it before, to put together a bunch of different applications because everyone's probably got a different application form. And, And you're right, there's probably lenders that only focus on certain states or only focus on certain sectors within the industry, which would make it even more complicated. And that's what you do is that you help them navigate that kind of eclectic landscape. Yeah, exactly. Really what we're doing is we're playing the role of matchmaker by looking over the potential borrower's file, looking over their financials, and then based off that, identifying which lender will be able to fit their unique situation most competitively. I think like another value we bring is that a lot of these cannabis-related businesses haven't necessarily obtained debt financing for their business before, since Mm -hmm. debt financing is so new to the cannabis space. So if they go directly to a lender, they might receive an offer, but they have no way to contextualize whether that's a good offer, whether the rate that you received is actually a decent proposition for them. Can you walk us through the process? Let's just say I saw an opportunity where I can't swing it through cash flow. Mm-hmm. I reach out to you. What do I, what's the process? 
Yeah. So initially we have a discovery call where we walk through number one, what the use of funds is going to be, how much you're requesting. And then what we try to do is gain a holistic picture of your business. For example, what are the outstanding debts you have? What possible source of collateral can you use? For example, what real estate do you have? Are there licenses you could use as collateral? Mm -hmm. And then once we gain that holistic picture of the business, we take a consultative approach or we try to recommend specific avenues for attaining that capital. And we reach out to the lending companies on your behalf and try to secure different offers to finance your business. Mm -hmm. As far as financials go, you deal with startups all the way to companies that have been in business for a while. Do you require so many months financials or do you need do they need to be audited or reviewed? But what exactly are your criteria for the financials? Yeah, it would really depend on the product that the specific borrower is going after. For example, if they're going after startup debt financing, it's going to have different requirements than a real estate acquisition loan. I wouldn't say the financials have to be audited, although it would be nice. And then really it's going to depend on their unique situation as to what like kind of documentation they need to provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. If I need a building and I, and I want a, a construction loan, it's going to be a lot different than if I'm a startup and I just need cash to get me going and hire some staff. It certainly makes, makes that would make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as turnaround time, how long does it typically take to get a loan secured and, and to actually have the money hit your bank? Yeah, that would depend on the product. If the cannabis-related business is looking for working capital, it can be very quick. For example, a lot of these lending companies that provide merchant cash advances or term loans, the main value they bring is speed to funds. So sometimes we can see the funds hit within 24 hours of somebody reaching out to us and applying. Wow. Really, all they're doing is just sending over the bank statements. The lender reviews the last three months of statements, evaluates the cash flows. And then from there, if everything checks out, they're able to acquire funds pretty quickly. And then obviously for other products, such as real estate acquisition loans, it might take a little bit longer just because those are larger deals and larger funding amounts. That's a huge advantage over equity financing. The timetable is much shorter. Yeah. The thing with equity financing is that these investors are really evaluating the companies holistically because the time horizon for the return on investment is much longer Whereas with debt financing, they're only evaluating your ability to repay back the loan. There's a much shorter timeline for the lending company to be able to get a return on their investment. So yeah, typically it's much shorter of a process to get a loan application, underwrite it and approve it, as opposed to really investigating the company, learning about its team members, going through the pitch decks, et cetera. I see. I see. Well, we're going to have links to spin capital in our show notes. So if you need funding... For your business, but you don't want to give away any equity. <laughs> I'm sure somebody <laughs> just click the link in the show notes and one of Spin Capital's dedicated business financing specialists will be there to guide you through this process. Chris, this is really interesting. I'm glad you're filling this void. This is something that's really needed in the industry. Appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Dan. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. 
My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host Corey Yelland is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.